Tuesday, January 25th, 2022. Great as always to have you along, everybody. In a nutshell, From the Experts is a compressed virtual connect and learn accelerator, helping people across industries connect very briefly and quickly in a moderated interactive show format, like a TED Talk with interactive discussion. 15-minute expert talk followed by 20-minute group discussion with you. So what's in it for you? If the promise is if everything goes well, your curiosity spark new ideas, accelerate action, and you may have helped yourself or somebody else solve the problem, make that connection, reaching the opportunity faster. Because we know making authentic connections and expanding your networks has never been more important to your business. Folks, it's my pleasure to welcome guest expert Brian Neely. So Brian is president and founder of two outsourcing HR outsourcing firms. HR Ally, serving social services and small businesses sector, and our HR office, serving the restaurant sector here in Texas. Brian, really enjoyed our conversations around how you've been helping businesses cope with workforce challenges that have been clearly exacerbated by the pandemic swings and now the great resignation. So New Year's cranking up, businesses and business leaders are reflecting on what did they learn from last year? And if and how are they supposed to incorporate those learnings into their operations? So we're grateful that you're here. Share your perspective on this and your approach and you know why it matters now, Brian. Yeah, John, I'm happy to be here and really enjoyed our conversations uh, also. It is uh, it's a challenging time, let's face it, you know, not, not just business, but, you know, around the world and the United States. And so as, as, as business leaders, uh, you know, we get a little selfish and we look upon these things, you know, for ourselves, right? And as business leaders, we have employees. And so we're, we're looking out for them now too. So, um, you know, talk a little bit about uh, something not very exciting to some folks, but it's integral to how we go about HR and how we build a culture in our, our businesses, which is the employee handbook. And we'll talk about a few other things outside of that, right? But as you know, John, from our conversations, I, I view the employee handbook as being very important, so much so that I compare it to our, our country's constitution. So our country's constitution tells us everything that it is on how we're going to go about our, our lives, right, in this country and the laws and so forth. That handbook is our business's constitution. It should be treated that important, and uh, we should look at it as such, and we should build it to help our employees understand, number one, who we are, but then number two, or it might be kind of even up in your handbook, there are plenty of uh, laws that we have to adhere to. And so a good part of that company handbook is going to be things we have to deal with from a compliance standpoint, from the Department of Labor and OSHA, you know, all those things, right? So some of the things to have in an employee handbook, by the way, John, you can stop me anytime you want to, right? Because we'll, we'll make this free-flowing, right? right? Some of the things that we should have in an employee handbook will be some things that sound kind of familiar to you, hopefully. And if you don't have a handbook, then we can talk about that too. But you really want to have a welcome statement, which also might briefly describe the company's history, reasons for success, uh, how the employees can contribute to the future success. You want to have some cultural information, such as mission, vision, 
purpose statement information about organizational values, maybe some historical information about the company, which is also good for employees. Let them know where you came from and let them know where you are now, because that's going to be important to them. Uh, orientation procedures, this usually involves providing human resources or a manager uh, or a designated employee to help do that. Something that's really, really important, uh, definitions of full and part-time employment. Business owners and leaders don't really think about that too much because, well, I hired John, he's a full-time, I hired uh, Brian, he's a part-time. But it becomes very important when you talk about who's eligible for benefits, for example. Uh, Part-time employees don't receive PTO or health benefits generally. So that'll be important uh, in your handbook for clarity because just imagine in my part-time example, I come to the business owner and say, hey, well, I'm ready to on board with my with my benefits and how much time do I get off? And then that, that business owner has to say, no, man, you're not uh, full-time. You don't get benefits. And I say, well, you never told me that. So then there's a there's a problem that comes in there, right? Mm -hmm. And then <clears throat> the things that a lot of people look at the employee handbook about, which is expectations about conduct and discipline. You know how you discipline someone uh, we call it employee counseling in my, my firms, but how you discipline someone is very, very important. How you go about that uh, can uh, kind of make your culture not what you want it to be because someone will hear when they have a counseling session, other employees are going to end up knowing about it, you know, for good, bad, or indifferent. And you want to make sure you handle those things uh, uh, correctly, right? Mm -hmm. uh, more recently in your handbook, think about social media rules and email protocol you know 10 years ago which isn't long ago we didn't have to have anything in our in our handbooks about social media and email protocol you know there are employees now uh you probably uh read this most of us have where uh, employees say something on social media or they're doing something in their personal lives but then they say in their social media uh, uh platform who they work for right uh, that can be uncomfortable, right? So you have to have that policy and you have to set expectations on that. So, uh, John, you know this, I like to have some takeaways in our discussions. And, you know, I'm thinking about four takeaways uh, that we want to have that come out of this. And one would be, what should your mindset be in developing your employee handbook? Uh, two would be, how often do you review or update your handbook? Three would be, why does your handbook provide you the opportunity to engage your employees? And then lastly, how does your handbook give you the opportunity to tap the brakes, if you will, on employee turnover, especially in today's environment? And as you mentioned earlier, the great resignation. So uh, if you have no questions, we can kind of go on with those kind of takeaways. Let's talk about those a, a little bit, if you don't mind. So in building that in developing that employee handbook, you should know there are federal laws, as I mentioned earlier, that must be included in the handbook. These laws, in many cases, John, are based on your company size. And after that, you want to surround those laws and in what you want your company to feel like for your employees. We're talking about culture here, of course. And it's what time you take to work in the morning. And pardon me, let me change that. It is about what time you come to work in the morning, for sure, what time you have to leave, but that handbook should help you with team building as well. Second, 
we're going to talk about reviewing and updating your handbook, that process should be performed annually. If federal laws must be in your handbook, and many of those laws are based on your company size, you should be reviewing that handbook annually, right? One of the examples we used is in COBRA, let's say. So in a COBRA situation, and just so we understand what COBRA is, because not everybody knows that acronym. That's if you leave a company, you can continue your health insurance and pay for it on your own, right? right. But that threshold comes into being at 20 employees. So let's say that you had 20 employees for as long as you can imagine. And let's say because of the pandemic, uh, you went under 20 employees. You, which everybody, not everybody, but a, a good number of people are leaving and want to take COBRA. That's really the way they're going to pay for their health insurance anyway, if they decide to leave and even start their own business. Well, they're not eligible for COBRA if you're under 20 employees. So imagine what you're doing there. That's not, you're, you're not necessarily complying with federal law, are you? And so you just want to make sure you have that. Um, the, the third, the third thing that we'll, that we'll look at is employee engagement. Your handbook gives you this great opportunity to engage with your employees. So at our firm, we believe our clients should discuss the handbook on day one of your onboarding. So pick three or four of the most common important items you feel are important to your company culture. And in the first three or four months of your new employee's experience, meet monthly to ask how we're doing. You know, how's your experience been with us so far? And man, I just tell you, that'll go a long way. It really will. Then hit up on the items that you want to confirm or inform on. For example, you might want to talk about vacation or PTO policy. One of the more, you know, sorry to interrupt you. One of no, the that's all right. We talked about that I found interesting is, you know, actually leveraging this aspect of your handbook is a competitive advantage, especially in times when, you know, employees have a lot more of the, the power out there because of the great resignation. So I think that's, uh, that was interesting for me. That's a good point. You know, employees having more power in this, they just do. The, the employment market is so competitive now. And now we're just competing against folks uh, that want to start their own businesses. You know, so how to mitigate that? Obviously, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but that's a, that's a great point to make. Um, so in that third area uh, of hitting on the item that you want to confirm or inform, you might talk about PTO policy. And the more we engage with employees, other than reviews, right, the happier and more empowered they'll be, which ultimately means the longer they'll stay with us, right? It also and finally, seems to make sense to me that the more we do that, we the better we're understanding our own business. So it, it's good for the business owner, the business leaders, and the employees, right? That's exactly right. You know, I mean, we want them to have uh, buy-in in a very positive way, right? And they they should feel empowered because the more we tell them about our business, the more we're transparent. We don't have to get into the uh, the general ledger and tell them, you know, here's how we make our money and so forth, but here's how you're positioned. Here's what it means to us and here's what it means to our success. Uh, they'll feel empowered and they'll start to talk to you more honestly about their uh, their feeling of how it is to work for us. So I think it's 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 immeasurable in how communication can work. And if we think about it, 
communication in our own interpersonal relationships, whether it's spouse or a significant other or what have you, the better we communicate, the stronger our relationship's gonna be. So it works the same way in the business world, right? And so finally, how does our handbook help to mitigate the efforts of what we're experiencing today with respect to the great resignation? That's what we were talking about earlier, which is as you're experiencing or have been reading, one of the more significant workforce challenges of the pandemic has been people not coming back to work. It, it's, it's amazing to hear this of our workforce is somewhere around 220 million, right? We've got 100 and, pardon me, we've got 330 million people in the, in the United States anyway. Four million people a month are not coming back to work. That's significant. And a good many of those are in the small business world that we're talking about because in, in Fortune 500s or the larger businesses, they're kind of sticking around. Maybe they've spent some time. They have pension plans or 401ks or what have you. Uh, they may stick around. But for the small businesses, it makes a big difference to us, right? If I, if I look at a company that has 1,000 employees and let's just say that they lose 15% of their employee base uh, because of the great resignation. That's 150 people, which is significant. Let's take that down to 20 employees. If we have a, if we have a company that has 20 employees, uh, that 15% all of a sudden is, you know, it's just under two employees. But if that employee was really significant and what they do for your company, it actually has an impact much larger than that 10%. Now you have to find somebody in a very competitive uh, work environment that has the requisite skills that you're looking for. And then it turns out you might have to pay a little bit more just because you're trying to you're trying to attract and retain a quality person. It becomes a challenge. It really does. Like you so, always say, uh, <laughs> every time we've talked, you know, people uh, at the core of everyone's business are their people. And that's exactly what you're saying there. That's right. It all starts with people quite. I mean, that's that's just what I feel, because without ask any entrepreneur, they'll say, hey, what's your biggest what's the biggest challenge you have? And they will jokingly say employees. But remember, we can't run our businesses without employees. Otherwise, we'd be up 24 hours a day trying to run our own businesses. And that's not healthy either. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at this point in time, it is critical. Uh, uh, to engage, you might even ask your employees how the pandemic has affected them. So, you know, pull somebody aside and say, hey, let me talk to you for a few minutes. How is this all impacting you and maybe your family? And, you know, be open to work accommodations. Is there space literally and figuratively for them to work from home? You know, there's challenges we have to address today. So as business owners and leaders, the task of uh, satisfying your employees is challenging, making them feel like they really need to be there. Um, today's environment's even more significant. So it's a, it's a good bit to cover, right? And business owners are trying to run their businesses every day, but um, there's a lot to cover. There's a lot to talk about just even within the pandemic, obviously. It's never been uh, easy to just run your own business, right? But now you throw these things on top of it. And goodness, uh, that's just a lot to do. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, listen, it's, it's platforms like this that will help us help others 
figure out a path to make it through and uh, excited to be part of this and uh, look forward to any questions you might have. Yeah, great, Brian. Before we get to those questions, I'd like to pause for a minute. Today's show is brought to you by, well, the FTE Underwriters, Unique Ventures, the Energy Hybrid Technology Accelerator with a unique approach to venture capital, Alliance Benefit Capital, Alliance Benefit Group, building retirement plans for your business that work. Interpoint, protecting what you care about most, people, profits, brand, and the environment. Ecosystems 2030, this year's premier technology thought leadership summit held in Granada, Spain. Limited participation. If you're interested, please contact us at fte.network uh, and check out es2030.com. So, Brian, let's uh, go a little bit deeper and address some of the questions from the FTE network in uh, this really fluid situation. Uh, and as we said, at the core of uh, the business are the people, and that's a changing a whole bunch. And so the first question that's come through is, well, how has COVID influenced employee onboarding and retention strategy as a whole? What, what are you seeing there? Boy, certainly from an onboarding standpoint, um, it is challenging because when you're losing employees because of the pandemic, right? And we'll just keep it in the scope of the great resignation. Uh, onboarding is critical. So it's always been, John, that when you onboard someone, the manner in which you onboard them will, will tell you how long they'll actually stay with you, right? And so if the onboarding process is a little disjointed, right? your new employee feels like the management of your company is disjointed and they'll start looking day one. They, they're just uncomfortable. They just don't know how comfortable they feel. And if you have a smooth onboarding process, then they're willing to give you a shot, right? From the employee and the employer standpoint, everybody's a little nervous when you start a new job anyway, because it's, was the grass always greener? How's it going to be here? Imagine that a smooth process with transparency, when that new employee comes on board uh, is makes a world of difference for how they view your company and how they view their job when they come in. Um, termination, uh, so many times it's not, while it's for cause or maybe not uh, doing your job effectively, um, more people are leaving. As we say, 4 million, 4 million people a month are leaving their jobs. And so, you know, how do you get there on kind of mitigating that loss that you can't control, right? And that's for those people who are saying, you know what, I'm just gonna start my own business. This pandemic has, has taught me that I can actually do things from home. I can be with my kids. I mean, it's simple things that meant at two o'clock on a Thursday, I can just go to the grocery store, right? Do my grocery shopping and come back, right? That's, a, that's hard to compete against, right? As an employer. So that gets back to engagement. The more we talk to our employees, the better. As we mentioned before about uh, talking to your employees, engaging with them about what the pandemic has meant uh, for them. Let's talk to them more than we have in the past. There are some small business owners, and really, they're large companies as well, quite honestly, that once you get hired, you're just like, okay, kind of set it and forget it. They'll be fine. You know, uh, hopefully they've read the handbook. You know, we we joke around a little bit that we have to sign that acknowledgement form that says we've received right. and read the handbook. Right. But what they're really signing is, is that they've received the handbook. Nobody really reads the handbook, right? It's incumbent upon us. I mean, if we want to invest in our employees, 
we should let them know once again what we're all about. And that's going to, I think, I feel, that's going to keep them around uh, a good bit of time, even in this environment. Got it. So another question that came up is what does COVID look like in an HR company manual? And so another question around that is do we list it all this year that should be handled as a new situation arises? Uh, is there a benefit into putting this into the handbook uh, when COVID policies are changing, you know, almost monthly now? What should they do about that? And that's a great question. I'm going to take us back into a little bit of history to uh, 9-11. And so after 9-11, there was never anything in an employee handbook that dealt with terrorism, right? And so we know, or we, we, we hoped at that time, and, and it turned out that it was at least to that level, that uh, that was a one-off, right? That level of terrorism anyway. But yet you have terrorism policy in your handbooks today. So events, significant events sometimes end up in your, in your handbook, right? And so what we can do with COVID is that it doesn't have to be specifically COVID that says, by the way, in 2000, March of 2020, this is what happened. We're going to start doing this. You just make it more broad, John, and you say, we're going to have pandemic policy. So that's in your terrorism policy. And next thing you know, it's, it's, it's pandemic policy or what have you, right? The OSHA has always had a policy on flu shots and so forth. So we, are, we, we do have uh, access to information that tells us how we should be moving along in these things, right? OSHA always, OSHA's charge is to, for employers to have a healthy and safe work environment that healthy part of it is already there for us. We just have to update the language a little bit. And we can mention OSHA when we talk about pandemic policy, right? right? So the federal government's already given us the tools to put that in there. We just have to work the language on how we want to do it. And, you know, maybe we talk about what happens in a pandemic. Uh, you know, what do we do for sick pay? There's some companies that don't have a sick pay policy, but they'll want to have one within the pandemic scope right so there's things that we want to really look at there and make sure that our handbooks are up to date well that, so. that, that leads us to our next question but before we do that what what i heard you say which i like is if you're going about uh, your company handbook and keeping it updated and keeping engaged with your your people uh it's actually going to help you weather the storm you don't need to make tons of changes you know make broad changes over time and don't just change with uh, everything that's coming at you. That's yeah, what I 100%. You know, if, if, if we were as small business owners and leaders, we have to learn how to uh, proact instead of react. And if we reacted, even let's, let's just take it within the last three months right. with CDC policy that's been coming out, coming out, we're changing this, we're changing that. We can't do that as small business owners. We couldn't run our businesses that way, right? And there are small businesses that react all the time. And but part of that is the, the sector that they're in. But I still believe you can proact. You don't have to react all the time, even to be uh, competitive. And so let's sit back, take a deep breath. Um, if you're going to research these things yourself, then fine. If you're a business owner that can do that, fantastic. Because that means you have the time uh, to do it which means that your business should be more successful and more efficiently run. But 
reach out to experts. You know, that's why FTE is here, right? Uh, reach out to experts and ask them, you know, what's going on. The, if, if there's any consulting fee to be spent, or sometimes there's pro bono work to find out there, quite honestly, you'll be so far ahead of the game just by asking experts on, hey, what would you do here? Right. And uh, that'll take you a long way. Got it. So, so rolling into this next piece, well, how does COVID leave and COVID sickness affect how employers can handle time off for employees who are actually sick? What happens to sick leave? What happens to non-full-time employees who don't have time off? I mean, it gets kind of complicated, huh? What's your thought there? I think it's really complicated. So I'll bring up the CDC again. They'll actually give us uh, some a, a platform to work from. Problem is, is that here lately, and I give them all the credit in the world just trying to get things to be more uh, readable, if you will, and understandable for the mainline employee, but it has been confusing. Right. So um, for the sick leave, you know, now they say, you know, if, if, regardless of whether you're vaccinated or not, uh, you, you stay isolated for five days. And if you uh, don't have any symptoms or what have you, then you can come back to work. And I think what we should do with small business owners is uh, match what the CDC tells us. I feel like uh, here pretty soon, even though as we speak today, Omicron is the is the thing in the news. And before that it was Delta and that was uh, more significant from, from a sickness and hospitalization standpoint. Omicron much more uh, contagious, but yet the symptoms are far reduced, right? Not as many hospitalizations, right? So I think that the consistency of message or the message from the CDC will be more consistent. Let me say that better, right? Therefore, we can follow that. Right, and that's where the handbook comes in too. We might already have a sick policy that says PTO, which includes vacation and sick, right? Uh, personal time off. Um, we might have a separate pandemic policy that says we will have three to five days of a of sick leave. You know, as long as you can prove up to us, because in sick leave anyway, if you're going to be off for a period of time, generally the employer is going to ask for a doctor's note. So there's absolutely no reason why we can't do that. And in fact, we have even a better platform now because if you're tested and most companies are, are testing, you can that employee can give you a positive test result and say, here's what I have. And that's when the clock starts as uh, the CD says day zero, right? And then you know that that employee is gonna come back when they should because you're adhering to uh, CDC guidelines. So, so how do you extend that to non-full-time employees who really don't have time off? That's going to be a case-by-case case case basis. So here's what I mean by that. Yeah. Employers can make that decision on what they want to do with part-time employees, right? It is more difficult because part-time employees are generally generally not eligible for benefits. And so when we talk about benefits, just don't think about uh, health insurance or 401k benefits is also PTO policy, right? Or disability uh, policy, right? So we're going to have to take a look at that. I mean, it's something that I will tell you right now, there's not really an answer for it for the part-timers. So as business owners and business leaders, we're going to have to decide what we will do for those part-timers. And, and, and then those part-timers, especially now because Many of, us are, many of us are hiring part-timers 
that have significant jobs with us, but it's they only want to work part time, or maybe as small businesses, we only need them part time. So the structure of employment, again, this tectonic shift that we're going through because of the great resignation and the pandemic, is probably going to have us looking at part-time workers a little bit differently, actually a lot differently. We may start uh, having benefits trickle down, for lack of a better term, we might start having benefits trickle down to them because we have to, not because we want to. I can see that. I can see that coming based on the behavior right. of my network and how people are right. like that. Gosh, you know, I've really enjoyed our conversation and uh, on this show, but also off the show. And so I wanted to ask you as a, uh, as a father, as a business leader engaged in your community, in a few words, Brian, I mean, how do you find a balance and peace in your busy life? I mean, what's working that, you know, you share with us today? You know, the first thing is I'm the luckiest guy on the planet because I love what I do. Right. And uh, for sure, I love helping business owners, but the foundation of that is because I'm a business owner as well. So um, you just make that balance. You know, uh, I, I don't think that there's one single answer. You know, what I do is I get up, you know, personally, I get up, I exercise, I, uh, I, I, I make that start to the day. And then I go through sometimes the busy days. Last week, I did seem like I worked uh, 36 hours one day, but uh, I woke up just exhilarated the next because I helped a whole bunch of folks that day. I really enjoyed it. And my team feels similarly. Now, I'm an entrepreneur, right? No one's going to love my business more than I love my business. So my employees, while they uh, jokingly uh, tell me, man, you're so excited about this. Well, you know, kind of my name's on the door, right? You don't have to be as excited as I am. I'd like you to be, but that's okay. They, they do really, really well. So uh, balance is tough, it, it, no doubt. But um, I just find every day, at least so far, we'll just keep it going. Every day I am exhilarated to help our clients and maybe bring new clients on that'll be just as excited about what we do. You know, the thing we hear, a lot is, is that, man, we, we just didn't know that there was a service like this out there because I can't hire an HR person because it looked like even an HR administrator is going to cost me $48,000 a year. I don't have that, right? Number two, if I hired a part-time person to do it, and by the way, John, the average uh, wage for part-time employees, so the Bureau of Labor Statistics tells us, is $12.74 an hour, right? Now, the thing about part-timers at least in today's world, until we have to start trickling down benefits to them, is that you don't have to pay benefits costs and you still have payroll costs, right? Because there's still FICA and everything else. So if they're working 20 hours a week, anybody out there can do that math real fast, but 20 hours times $12.74 an hour, that's a good bit of money, right? And so for what we do, because it's not every single day that there's an HR issue that comes up in, in our clients' lives, right? We can do that for uh, pennies on the dollar. Uh, and what that means is, is that we get to provide that service to them that is really, really needed because let's face it, as we talk about employ employer size and having the compliance aspect to it, there's there is uh, well, there's trouble to get into if you're not keeping an eye on things. And so we can keep an eye on these things for them. So cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. And uh, that's going to be the last word. Okay. So next up on the FTE show, 
guest expert Diane Finkhausen, CEO of Shoshin Works and digital workforce ecosystems expert. She's going to share her current challenges helping organizations to adapt and shift to a digital open innovation framework that gives them more freedom, velocity, and precision in the way they're collaborating to grow. You won't want to miss it. So register now on our website at fte.network. If you missed any FT shows or looking for fresh and relevant content for your business today, check us out via podcast or on video, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, you know where. Uh, what other ideas or solutions are you working <coughs> on? What others need to know about and test drive for you to make your ideas better? Hey, our 2022 call for experts is open now. Send your topic or your referral to us via email or on LinkedIn. Please share us. Share FTE with others that you want to network with by forwarding our newsletters, inviting them to our events, and follow us on LinkedIn as a comment on how we're doing. Well, we're out of time. So, Brian, thanks once again. We're so grateful for your time and your expertise on this important topic and for making FTE show the most and the smartest 45 minutes of your day. Thanks. Take care. This is fun. Thank you so much. Peace out. <laughs>